Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Very important report being released. The National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women is issuing its final report as we speak, as a matter of fact, in Ottawa. Uh, more than 200 recommendations to the federal government and calls for a violence against First Nations to be recognized, among many other things. Joining, <clears throat> excuse me, joining us to talk about this is Don Martin-Hill, Associate Professor with the Paul R. McPherson Chair in Indigenous Studies at McMaster University. Uh, Don, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us today. Hi, good morning. This is a very extensive report, very detailed report, but uh, just in, in reading some of the overview here, it's it's a rather damning report about the status quo, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's reflecting a truth that we live and Canadians are just finding out about. And and they realize part of the problem, and I think the report touches on that, Don. Yes, it does. That 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 we don't pay much attention to this. It becomes you know, front page news when we hear of some of these incidents that have occurred over the last little while, but uh, soon forgotten, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, here at Six Nations, you know, we're um, a high functioning, educated, hardworking community, and ninety one percent of our people are not hooked up to the treatment plan or have access to clean running water. Uh, there is a, a different set of realities for Indigenous people that Canadians just simply have never known. Well, and I think we saw that over the years, didn't we? I mean, the previous government, the Harper government, actually, as you recall, Don, even refused to do a study like this, uh, suggesting that the, the, the deaths, and there were way too many of them, one is one too many, uh, were not an Indigenous issue at all, but it was just a, it was murder, and that was all they wanted. They didn't seem to understand that there was a specific uh, indication here that, that this area needed to be studied. Oh, I think he understood. He just made a conscious decision to dismiss it. Well, so this government obviously has carried through on this. Right. Uh, and... and I want to get into some of the details here and get your reaction to some of these things, because uh, some of the language is pretty strong here, and I, and I think right off the top, uh, defining the level of violence against uh, Indigenous women as, quote-unquote, Canadian genocide. Uh, some may think that that's a little bit uh, over the top. Uh, I don't think so. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, it is what it is the truth. Um, there's evidence. Um, we just need to go to... You know the earliest contacts with Europeans and and what took place in the first hundred years and um, and then the uh, sterilization of Indigenous women. There was eugenics committees that set up in 1930s. You had Duncan Campbell Scott, the Minister of Indian Affairs, stand in the House of Commons in 1924 and declare he was going to continue until there's not a single Indian left in the Bali politic. You had our children abducted. They're continuing to be abducted by CAS today. We are the highest incarceration rate. We can't get loans, which is what Canadians don't realize. We don't have equity. Um, when you live on crown land, uh, you don't have equity, which is the basis of capitalism. So economic barriers. We weren't allowed to get educations. If we went to universities, we had to disenfranchise, so most of our people did not. It's not because we're not able to do it, which this generation, my generation, the first one, proved. Um, so we've had barriers that they just didn't know existed because it was not on the front page news. What was on the front page news is poverty. Well, they created our poverty. They stopped us from participating in, in, in the growth of the country. Um, we had a different set of rules than everybody else, and we still do. So they need to understand <clears throat> their country was founded on 
the dispossession and oppression of indigenous people. I, I think we have a feeling right now, uh, rightly or wrongly, maybe not even uh, uh, validated, that uh, that well, we we do have that knowledge now. We are getting better. But when you yeah. you when you start to chronicle some of the stuff that you've just talked about, Don, uh, it's it's a clear indication, obviously, that we've got a long way to go here. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, um, it's been a struggle at McMaster University over the last 28 years just to get Indigenous studies. I mean, that was done on the backs of me as a student, uh, on our elders. We had to access the money. We had to bring the, uh, money to the table before they'd even consider a course. And then it's mostly non-Indigenous people benefiting. So it was Indigenous education money going into universities um, to pay our salaries. Like, what we had to do just to be included in our own homeland, the only homeland Mohawk people exist in, or Cree, or we had to carry the weight and do the change and then get dismissed as not being a great academic for doing so. So we live in this very difficult um, shadow of teaching about colonialism, trying to create change. We work hard to create that change, and then we're often punished for doing so. So it's such a complex, um, discriminatory, it's embedded um, in, in epistemological violence, dismissing our knowledge, our healing. It, it, it needs to change, and universities and educators need to be at the forefront of that, but we need the support of our allies on changing policing, as the recommendations point to, on changing the court system, which denies us justice over and over again. Um, we need a task force to open up those cases um, that this is really all about, the missing and murdered Indigenous women, their families, uh, having the case reopened by a, a task force with Indigenous people uh, leading it and shaping it. So I'm hoping at least a few recommendations. And then I think it's up to education institutions and media to change the way they present our people um, in a very inhumane, dehumanized way over and over again. Uh, it, my daughter, um, <laughs> she came to me when Google, I mean, this new world we live in. And she goes, you know, mom, when I put in uh, indigenous woman or native woman, all I see is murdered people and pictures of murdered people. I don't see any any love stories. I don't see uh, a happy and healthy native woman. And and she was really distressed about that. She goes, why can't we have a love story? Um, why is it always about rape and murder? So the discourse needs to change. And I think the the it re, the recommendations include that this in insidious way they represent our women and diminish our contributions, whether it's today in our professions or whether it's, you know, a hundred years ago in the fur trade, they just dismiss it. And um, that needs to change. And it takes all Canadians to step up and correct a huge injustice. And, and those stereotypes, as you mentioned, Don, are ingrained certainly in, in, in society, but they're also ingrained in the laws. And I think the report touches on this right now, uh, mm -hmm. where they say, for instance, where there's a pattern of intimate partner violence and abuse, uh, uh, such as murder, obviously, that that should be first-degree murder under Section 222 of the Criminal Code, but it's not right now. No. So, in other words, there seem to be two levels of justice at play here. Yeah, I mean, overall, um, we've always had the two-tier justice. That's what Canadians need to wrap their heads around first. We live under a different set of laws. 
then the rest of Canada. We don't want it all thrown out because some of them protect our rights. Um, but a lot that was added on, 1914, you weren't allowed to do ceremonies or dress in your regalia or you'd be arrested, and our people were. Um, so religious persecution. Uh, women were dispossessed of their rights um, as Native women in this country. We didn't have the vote. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So what we need to do is move forward under self-determination, self-government, UNDRIP. We have the tools now. We just need Canada to step up. And I believe in my heart of hearts that most Canadians um, are, are wrapping their heads around a history they were never taught, and they're trying to do move forward in a good way. I have to believe that. And I also believe our women in the communities across the country and their families and their children, we will continue to fight and survive um, because we're resilient. And that those stories need to be told more. Which is all part of the education process, which is, is as you mentioned, woefully lacking, uh, not just uh, among Indigenous peoples themselves, but in our in our overall education system. I mean, why aren't those stories being told? Um, well, we were not allowed to get university educations under the Indian Act, so... This is my, my group is the first group to enter university without having to give up our, our rights. And so we're just now starting to write and research and, and um, maybe not enough for some people's liking, but we're, we're busy changing and transforming the way research is done in this country. We're transforming um, the paradigm of indigenous knowledge and ways of knowing um, and we're trying to improve uh, the quality of life of our people. So there's not enough of us to carry that burden, but certainly I think the tide has changed with the TRC. Residential school is now a common term. When I was teaching it in 1992, I had students get up and walk out of my class because they were like, that's crazy. I would have knew about that. I would have heard about that. So they're, we're delivering this injustice that we live and we research to people who generally don't want to hear it. And we do it every day in schools and universities are trying to transform the way um, uh, Canadians understand. And we've carried that burden and it's ruined our careers. I can attest it's ruined my career um, to do that work instead of publish, publish, publish and be very Eurocentric as a, as a scholar. Um, so it, it's a difficult road, um, but I do believe we are affecting change, and I do believe in this younger population because they are far more informed than any generation I've ever taught, um, maybe because of social media, maybe because of uh, the ability to tell our stories um, on social media. So it is changing, and I, you have to have and give our young people hope because it is dangerous to be an Indigenous woman in Canada, and that needs to change for my granddaughters. And with that lack of information and lack of knowledge about these, these stories that you've talked about, it, it permeates every aspect of our society, including the legal system, and I, I know the report yeah. touches on that, and it's one of the areas that I do hope that uh, governments and future governments, for that matter, are going to pay attention to. I mean, because you've seen this, certainly, Don, and I've seen this in, in the, the coverage of some of these uh, terrible incidents that have occurred. Uh, they say many of these murder investigations are marked by indifference and negative stereotypes. Uh, of yeah. course they are, because there's there's an ignorance of actually what's going on, and 
and as that 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 goes right through the legal system. I know. I mean, just not just police and the investigation, but through the court system itself. Yeah, and I mean, you could go back to the Harper Inquiry. You could go back to the Royal Commission. You know, nineteen ninety six. You could. It, we've been calling for an overhaul of the justice systems. We comprise over half of the prison population for ridiculous things like not having insurance and then not paying your fine and 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 our people are uh, in jail and then they take our children and the CAS has more children in their care than residential schools ever did so just these basic human rights to be unmolested in your own country has not has not been effective for us so i do hope that we move forward and overhaul the justice system they need more indigenous inclusion they need to respect indigenous laws traditional law, custom law. I mean, there's other countries who do it. It's not rocket science. So we, we can do this. We just have to have the will. Um, I ask, I just ask everybody who's listening, just read the Cindy Gladue case. If you read that one case, you will understand the difference between the way we're treated as Indigenous women in this country, because you couldn't imagine that happening to a white middle-class uh, suburban uh, daughter. So we, we, we need to reconcile. But before you can do that, you need the truth. And that's what was missing. And I think this is presenting the truth. Those families deserve justice. But we need to do some work so that they can receive justice. And that's going to take all Canadians Absolutely. Uh, to step up. Uh, yeah, and just, I believe they will. Just about out of time here. But, I mean, with what you've read and, and what you're hearing from this committee, uh how confident are you that, that many of the things that are being discussed in this report and many of the things that are being recommended in this report are actually going to be followed through? Well, I don't think likely they believe that every 200 and some, but you have to put everything in context. And, and the way Canada works is they silo. They silo everything, and they want it to just stay in this one category. For Indigenous people, we have to provide the history, the context, and the root cause which is colonialism and genocide, and then move forward with changing housing. When you don't have housing or access to housing or running water, that puts your young families at risk, young daughters, you know, moving to the cities, becoming isolated and becoming a target. So it's, it's, it's insidious in the way in which this country has uh, created a narrative and, and laws around Indigenous w- women and, and people. So overhousing, overcrowded, not having access to clean water, as Six Nations doesn't, um, leads to these other events taking place. So um, homelessness, um, you're staying at people's houses, you're susceptible to being in a sex trafficking. So we need to, to get to the root cause, and I think that's why they put all of those in. But yes, the families cannot be lost in all of this. They are the ones, like Dr. Bev Jacobs from Six Nations, move this whole uh, issue forward at the United Nations because Canada refused to deal with it. So just getting this far is a victory for Indigenous women that they carried on their back as they're going through to get their PhDs. Guess what? I'm also doing this. And that work is never recognized. Um, so people need to help us um, if, if we're to achieve a, a brighter future. And I think if they don't, this younger population, I can assure you, is not going to stand for the levels of injustice my generation. Exactly. 
Well, it's and, and it's not just in it's not just in the court of the government right now. It's each and every one of us have a, have a part to play in this. Don, we will stay in touch. Uh, I'd love to talk to you and follow up on this in in the days ahead. But thank you so much for the time today. Okay, thank you. I do Bye-bye. appreciate it. Uh, Don Martin Hill, Associate Professor at uh, McMaster University on Indigenous Studies. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.